Welcome everybody, Jason and Alex back again for some more fantasy football sacko goodness. Hey yo. We have our top 10 draft tips. Just the draft tips coming at you hot and heavy. Alex, are you ready for this? You ready for some tips? Yeah, I guess so. I I love the draft so much. Yeah. It is it's just the best part. And sometimes it's a little more hectic when you're like entering when you have like one person entering all the picks in, that kind of sucks for that person. Uh COVID, I guess it might make a little more sense that only one person's entering uh picks in on the computer. Um I mean if you don't I mean, my God, I, we're not I don't think we're talking about this, but have the have the draft in person or if you're just going to like if you're going to do it on like ESPN or Sleeper or Yahoo or whatever you're using at least have a video chat up so yeah. you can talk you know we have Zoom we have Microsoft Teams Skype like at least get everybody on on a computer so they can talk instead of just typing really fast in their computer talk trying to talk smack it just doesn't work as well so i mean I, I'm so excited. Draft season is upon us. Uh, by the time this drops, I mean, I'm going to be doing uh, what one of my coworkers asked me to be an auctioneer for his draft um, and told me that I can talk as much shit as I want. Uh, and I don't I don't know anybody there except for one guy. So oh, I'm just coming fantastic. In. Yeah. So I'm just coming in guns a blazing and just going to make fun of everybody the whole time. Um, and he's picking me up. So, I mean, good luck. Good luck to me. Wow. Yeah. All right. Before we get started, if you could, please hit that thumbs up button. Hit that like, subscribe. Give us a rating if you're on Apple Podcasts. Help us out. We need all please. the help we can get. Please. Don't make me beg. I feel like I, we've said this for weeks and not I'll a single do person's done it. I'll I do. I'll do. I've offered to give people money and people still won't do it. Haters going to tape, man. I'll give you a dollar. Just... Give us a rating. Just give us five stars, please. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos back again for some fantasy football draft tips. This is going to be a fun episode, definitely more casual not full of all these stats and things that we've been hammering you guys with for the last, I don't know, two months, three months. People, people listen to us just to hear our voices. I think anyway, so they listen they, to this... us because if they took a look at us, they would turn us off. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. So that's why they choose audio platforms. <laughs> True. Yeah. So we're just uh, we're going to kind of go back and forth, kind of goof around at least a little bit more, maybe more than we usually do. Super informal. Everybody kind of has their strategies of of what's going on when they walk into a draft. Uh, you're listening to us. You'll be all right. You're probably more prepared than most of the people in your league. Don't just print out the ESPN top like 50 players at each position or whatever uh, and and use that. That's like a death nail. I will say, though, it's really important to have that. Because if that's what everybody else is using, you need to see what everybody else is using so you can cross out what they're using and see 
oh, hey, Mike Davis is the 30th ranked running back on this list. I might be able to wait an extra round to take him um, based on where the rankings are at. So it's always good to know if people are basically all using the same thing or if you're hosting a draft, print out that spreadsheet or that that one pager and give it to everybody. And then you can use it to because everybody else is using it to know where they're looking because they're not going to go down the list as far as you might be willing to go down the list. So it helps you actually plan out your ADP strategy at least a little bit. That gets into my first tip, which is be a prepared preparator. Go do some mock drafts, understand value, do your homework. You need to hit on your first four picks of the draft. Realistically, that should be the goal. I want to hit on the first four. I don't want to chase, you know, JK Dobbins is going to be there in the second, third round. Everybody thinks that JK Dobbins is a for sure lock to be a top 15, top 12 running back. And I am not convinced. I mean, at best, he was basically splitting 50, 50 with Gus Edwards during the season, last season, my guy. And so that's just, there were a few games when he, yes, he had more than 60% snap share, but still he, that he would go from that to 50, 50 next week. I'm just saying you need to hit on your first four guys. You need to mock, you need to understand where the ADPs are at, where the value is at throughout the draft, which means if you do, you understand that you need to uh, hammer some running backs early that mid rounds by and large, the draft value is generally at receiver. Um, and late, there's a lot of good sleepers. If you guys haven't listened to our last podcast, all we talk about for an hour plus is the top sleepers for this upcoming fantasy football season. So go ahead and give that a listen. Um, but if you are listening to this right now, then you're probably already ahead of your league mates. Jason, I don't want to bring up uh, bad memories for you, but uh, you say you can't miss in the first four rounds. Um, I'd like to read uh, your draft in our league of record off to you from last year. What's wrong uh, with you? <laughs> Alex, all right, hold on. I need to preface this. I need to preface this before you embarrass me nationally and even internationally. We are internationally known. Worldwide. Uh, Sackos worldwide. Worldwide. Wide. Wide. Uh, wide. You, wide. You made me draft the night before my wedding while I had 15 people over at my house and I was literally entertaining the entire night. I was not paying attention to fantasy football. I basically picked whoever was the top available player on whatever ESPN list I had up because I had no choice. It was probably of the entire year. It was probably the single worst day for me to ever try and do a fantasy football draft <laughs> was the night before I get married. So with that preface, please tell me about how terrible my draft was. We draft. I know I drafted Clyde Edwards Lair first. Yeah, so but it was so because he had on. already played and had 20 points sitting on the board because we drafted yes. so late. Right. We we drafted uh the Friday or Saturday be yeah, it would have been the Friday night, right, before the season started. Yeah, I got married uh, that Saturday. It was great. Yep, so so 
we drafted after the Thursday night game where Clyde had like eight goal line touches or or whatever, and you're just salivating. Um, th- this is actually one of my just a friendly reminder sort of thing. You can't lose this your season in the draft, but you can win it. Like this, what I'm about to read off for Jason is bad. It's it's not good. It's and I made bad. the playoffs, and you made the playoffs. You so know why? Like, because waiver you wire. Were, correct. Which hey, all season long we're gonna be here right at the beginning of the week telling you what to bid from a fab perspective set your waiver wire order all that stuff i actually think we did great on that last year um you know sometimes i was right sometimes you were right but i i think that it was just good conversation um to kind of give different perspectives on things so like even with this you can't lose your league at the draft but i do think you can win it if you hit correctly your force first four picks last year were clyde edwards alaire george kittle james connor Robert Woods, and I'm going to keep going. Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel, J.K. Dobbins. Yikes. Like, that's rough. But then you hit it on a James a Robinson. A lot of in injuries. Round, you hit on a James Robinson in round eight, and then you're kind of, you know, that that's a saving pick right there, you know? So you you have to be able to know who you want to target in the late rounds so that you can save if you have a terrible start to the draft. But yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to have a bad start to the draft because, you know, everybody, everybody's rankings are very similar. You know who the best players are. You just can't get unlucky with injuries, honestly. I agree to a point. Um, this is a bonus tip. It's an honorable mention tip. One of my things that I am rigidly making a part of my fantasy football philosophy this season after the pain and torture that was Cortland Sutton and Debo Samuel for the entirety of last year, starting the season unhealthy, getting them at a draft discount because of it, hoping that they would get healthy and then them never getting healthy. I'm not drafting unhealthy players this season. I refuse. Uh, So you're not going to have a Michael Thomas on your team? No, I won't. I refuse. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas could come back and re-injure himself and be gone the rest of the season. I mean, anybody can, theoretically. It's one of those things where I don't want... Like, I got burned on it last year, too, in in a couple of other leagues. Um, And you you want people that are going to play as many games as they possibly can. And if they start out not playing, that just limits their upside inherently. Yeah. But... It's it's great if you hit on one or two, but I guess it just doesn't happen that often. Like I feel less concerned about Daryl Henderson's thumb injury that appears to be minor than I am about Clyde Edwards Alaire's ankle injury. Than than I am about Michael Thomas coming back. Like I'm just not not about it. I want healthy dudes that I know are gonna be there that don't have any issues. Yeah. So that was a bonus one though, as a byproduct of of uh last year's info so yeah lots of lots of tips uh i'll, I'll start out with uh with one too is uh don't take a kicker defense until the last two rounds no matter what i don't yep. care where i don't care where you're drafting uh who's staring you in the face as soon as somebody takes a defense don't do it somebody takes a kicker don't 
don't think about it. Take somebody else. Again, go back, listen to our previous pod about uh, sleepers. Just keep taking position players. It doesn't matter. Maybe even take a backup quarterback. Take a shot at Deshaun Watson. Take a shot at Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to have to support three top 30 wideouts or, you know, at least maybe two top top 24s. Who knows what's going to happen there? But it's like, just take another shot at somebody else. Take a shot at Trey Lance. Take a shot at Justin Fields. Don't just, for the love of God, do not take a kicker defense to the last two rounds. doesn't matter. Unless you're in an auction draft and you want to put up a kicker defense in the first round, I'm totally cool with that. But for just do not. Don't do it. I completely agree. Um... I mean, those positions are relegated to the last two rounds for a reason. The only thing I would say above and beyond what Alex said is if your league does not require you to fill out a uh, roster with uh, somebody at every single position, mm-hmm. a.k.a. you can leave your kicker and or defense empty up until week one, then please leave your kicker and defense empty. Up until week one, at which yeah. point drop two guys Sunday morning before the noon games kick off, pick up a kicker and a defense. You'll be fine. And yeah, that's that's extra extra strategy, especially in case there's a last minute freak accident or something COVID or whatever. You never know. Get yep. a couple guys. Help yourself out. Great point. My second tip is don't get the runs. Okay. Oh no. The runs oh, are terrible. No. Bad. And Don't you know it. what? There's a lot of runs during a fantasy football draft. And you Have need to. to avoid those. So what? So what if Josh Allen and Mahomes both go in the second round? It doesn't mean ah, that you have to freak out. It doesn't ah. mean you need to freak out and draft Dak or Kyler or whoever. Lamar. Don't do it. Avoid I'm not going to get a quarterback runs. if I don't take him right now, though, Jason. No, you're not. You're going to get one. You're going to get one when the time is right because you're smart, because you listen to us, because you do your homework, and oh, you understand smart, just for the record. draft values. You watched our mock draft episode. You understand how it went. I punted. Just punt. Take the best available. Be disciplined. Don't get the runs. Such a yeah. I take some emodium AD. Now, are are you the type of person as you're kind of going through it and you're like, no, some somebody hasn't taken a tight end in a while. Maybe I should. uh, Maybe I should be the person that 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 tries to starts a run. Uh I mean that, that thought generally doesn't really cross my mind, but. With quarterbacks, as an example, at least in our league, nobody takes a quarterback until like Mahomes and Allen might go early. Um, but I'd be surprised if another running back or sorry, another quarterback goes before like round six in our league, just because it notoriously goes later and later every year. Yeah. And it has been because our league mates are smart and they're really catching on. Um, I'm not worried about starting a run. That's not something I try to do. I'm just all about value. And uh, I think I'll expand a little bit about that 
on my next tip, but I don't want to cut you off. So why don't you tell me yours? Yeah, I would also say just back to your point real quick. I think it depends on where you're drafting, because if you're drafting at either end, you have to make sure that you're not. It's even more important that you don't get caught in the run. Because the value, like if, if a running back run starts. Like, honestly, you should almost force yourself to take a different position. If, if there's like seven wide receivers that go in a row. Just take somebody else, because if you if you're going to take the eighth wide receiver in, in a run, then whoever just took one of the better wide receivers that they wanted, that you probably wanted, you're now going to probably give them a, a shot at a better running back than you, too, because you just gave like. Almost always go against a run, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. If, if you notice that something's going on and tight ends are going, don't do it. Don't don't participate in it. Yep. Agree. Okay. uh, I kind of go back to what you said. Just mock, 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 mock. Come up with like if you know where you're drafting, come up with a plan, stick to it, follow through on it. If you're doing an auction league. What I would do is I would write down. What your what your budget is, and I would come up with an idealistic. What are they going for on ESPN as a, as a suggested value? And what is what do I think the best team that I can get for those projected values? So start at a quarter, you know, just write down. I want Dak Prescott and he's currently going for thirty seven dollars. All right. So now I have one hundred and sixty three bucks left. Like go through it. And if you. If you don't go for your wide or for those top like five running backs, you can have hella depth by just like you could get a Mike Davis and a Joe Mixon for the price you can get a Christian McCaffrey sort of thing. And is is that something that you would be interested in? Maybe like if because generally that you have to have your studs to win a league, right? But I think that the deepest team usually is guaranteed to make the playoffs. There are some exceptions to that, but the deeper you are, especially with COVID and COVID protocols that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, the the deepest team is going to win the league. You have to have your stud. Yes, you have to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. That's that's obviously super important, but just be prepared, come up with a plan, write down a player for every single position, who you want, what they cost and see how much you can go over and if you can get them for less than what you budgeted for, then you can spend more in other places sort of thing. So don't just go in willy nilly um, plan ahead, figure out what you want to do, where you want to spend your money, where you think you can get deeper value um, and, and attack it that way. Awesome. I like it a lot. And I'm going to piggyback off of that and challenge you with a draft question. Sure. I am evaluating keepers right now for my auction league. Uh, should I or should I not keep Robert Woods for $20 on a $200 budget? Um, I probably would. I mean, I, I don't know what your other options are, but that seems like it's pretty, pretty solid value. Especially with Stafford coming back. Uh, we both have Robert Woods as a, a high-end wide receiver, too. Um, I, do you know what he's going for? Um, 
uh, base projections right now are right at 20 as the average. So I'd be taking them at average value. So not really a value. So do I send them back into the ocean and try and get them back cheaper? Or do I just let them go or just so, keep on to them for 20? Yeah. Is that one of those things where if you don't like, do you have other options or well, I could tell you I'm already keeping DK Metcalf for 13 bucks. Oh my God. And I have Cortland Sutton for five. Uh, is it uh, two wide receiver starter and a flex? I'd probably I'd probably let him float back in then just just based on roster construction because you might need that money to spend on on running backs and you know we talked about you know the Brandon Cooks of the world the the Davises of the world the you know some guys that you might be able to get for a little cheaper than that that have you know maybe just as high as upsides. Um, Especially if you're just talking about a flex spot or a wide receiver two spot, um, I, I think you might be able to spend your money. So, or spend your money a little bit better um, on a running back and be able to go for a Delvin or a Derrick Henry or even a Joe Mixon or a Najee. Because the, the less you have locked up, the more kind of you're willing to throw early. And then you can, you can hit the ones and twos at the end uh, for depth. So, yeah, I'd probably throw them back. All right. There we go. You heard it here first. I'm letting them go back to see. All right. My next draft tip. Set yourself apart. What I mean here is you need to draft a quarterback or a tight end in the first six rounds to put yourself ahead of the rest of the league at either one of those two positions. If all you're doing is amassing running backs and wide receivers Sure, you're going to have a great bench, but you know what? They're going to be on your bench. You have to get ahead. You have to get ahead somewhere. You need to be above average in one of those two positions to have a real good chance of claiming that fantasy football title. And I'll go one step further. For me, if I'm picking one of those two positions to reach for, it's a tight end. The, the, the talent pool is so much more shallow at tight end than it is a quarterback. Um, I really want Waller, Kittle, or Kelsey on my team. If I, if I do miss, and I'm not going to miss often, because you know what? If I, have to, if I have to spend a second round pick, then so be it. If I, if I know, or if there is even a chance that one of them won't be there in the third. Like say there's two guys I'm, I'm picking at pick three in, uh, overall in the first round, which means I have two people drafting after me in the second round and they each draft twice. If all three of those guys are there, then sure. I'll take a receiver or running back. If only two of those guys are there, one of them is going to be on my team and I'm not going to pass on the second round and hoping that one of those two makes it back because if they're smart, they're going to take them. Both of them will be gone in one of their two picks at the second or third round. And All I right, really, so let's, let, let's say you're picking seventh, seven. Okay. Yeah. You're picking seven Kelsey and you're going to take Kelsey at seven. No, I'm going to take Kelsey in the second round. If he's there, what if he's not there? If he's not there. So you're, I don't think you can pull the trigger on Waller or Kittle at pick four uh, or pick you should, five though, because the they're not going to be back. 
they're not going to be back. Right. Neither one's going to be there on your way back. So what do you do? You just concede that you're not going to have either one? Yeah. I mean, are you going to force the issue that much? Let's say, let's say you have, have the last pick in uh, the first round and Kelsey goes the pick before you. Are you going to force a Waller or Kittle pick at the end of round one, first pick around two? I don't think so. That would be that would that's my doomsday. That's my night yeah. world, my nightmare <laughs> world that I refuse to even believe exists. Yeah, because I I agree with you. Like you want one of the top three tight ends, and. Hey, you re- you really want one of the top three picks in the draft, so you can get one of the top three running backs because in the that mock also, draft because that, that will also did. guarantee you that you're going to get one of the top three tight ends. Honestly, that's that's why it sets up really well is to have one of those first couple picks. Yeah, one of the I you really want one of those first three picks. Uh, in the mock draft that we did, Kelsey went at twelve, and I had I I was team number eight. Or actually, mm-hmm. this isn't the mock draft we did. This is a different mock draft I did. Um, but I picked at eight and in the first round I took Zeke and Eckler fell to me at the two five. I wasn't going to pass on Eckler, right? Nope. Okay. Well, at the wraparound one, Kelsey went, so he was already gone when I took Eckler and I passed on Kittle and Waller and neither one of them made it back to me in the third. Shockingly, you know? Yeah. Um, it's really unfortunate because I really think that you need <laughs> to excel at one of those two positions. So, I mean, what did I do to offset it? I took Kyler Murray early. I just, yeah. I wasn't going to reach for a tight end then. I was just going to sit and I was going to pounce later in the draft, get some Logan Thomas, you know, maybe a settle for. Uh, Bobby T, get a little Robert Tunyon up in my life, not hate myself. Um, if the entire thing just goes, you know, tits up, then Blake Jarwin, where are you at? Like, I will take Blake Jarwin if I have to at the end of the draft. But I, if I don't get one of those three, I'm not going to get on a run and I'm not going to take a Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson right behind him either. Like you can't, that that's that whole avoiding the runs thing, but you still have to set yourself apart. But if you can't do it that way, then you got to find other ways to set yourself apart. And I feel like Josh Allen, Kyler, great ways to set yourself apart in a different position. Yeah. So it's almost one of those things where if you're going to have a top, one of the top three running backs, you're, probably also going to have a top three tight end. That's just kind of the way that the ADPs are falling. And if you, if you're picking towards the, the latter part of a round, then you're probably going to end up with, with a quarterback with a top five quarterback, because that's just the way that the ADPs are going to fall. Like it's, it's going to be really difficult. All right. Well, I guess you could, right? If you're one of the top, top three picks, you get a number one running back. You get one of the top three tight ends. Um, and you could turn around and take one of the top three quarterbacks too. And then you're just popping wide receivers and, and running backs the rest of the way. Um, again, it's yeah, but I would hate that second running back though. I just think it t- puts you too far behind to do both. That's why I think you should really only do one. Yeah. Yeah. Again, go to sleeper, mock it out, figure out what you want to do. 
Um, tight end is definitely uh, more of a premium position than uh, quarterbacks are. It's just an absolute fact. So if you can get one of those top three tight ends, I, I think that's the biggest differentiator that you can have. Um, and I, I think Waller um, is just the... I, I feel like he's the pick this year. I don't know why. He he just feels like he has such a high floor because of his targets. He's in a good offense. Um, yeah, I just, I love everything about Waller. Very, very Ertz-esque from last year, which is sad. <laughs> um, all right, other, other tips. Um, if you're sitting there later in the draft, if you're trying to decide between two people, always take the player that you think has the highest upside. Don't take the, like, I love doing the floor thing, but you're almost taking the highest floor the first four rounds, and then you're really trying to zing, zing some winners in there. And, and if you hit on one or two, then you win the league. Like, it's the James, James Robinson from last year sort of thing, where he was going round eight or later in pretty much every draft. He was not getting drafted in a lot of leagues. And he was the guy that ended up being a top five running back at the end of the year. Just go for it. That's, that's all I can say. Like I, I love being conservative and playing off of past performance, but you have to mix in at least a couple shots in there with, with rookies, because if you don't take any shots, you're not going to hit on any. And if you're just going to take like some low end flex players, that's fine, but you're not going to, you're not going to hit like, and I would not do this like to Ernest Johnson should not be drafted, but I was, I was watching him the other night for the Browns. That dude is fast, but he's the third running back there. Yeah. But that's some, but that's somebody that you could keep your eye on. And as soon as Chubb or Kareem Hunt go down, He's like an automatic add. So I'm not like maybe he's somebody that you add in the last round of your league on the off chance of one of those two guys gets hurt before the season starts. I don't know, but just take players with really high upsides. That's all I have to say. Um, I'm not going to let you get off that easy. Okay. We just did a sleeper podcast. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a couple of your late round targets that have that high upside that you are targeting, and then I'll throw out a couple of the guys that I like. Give me one running back and one receiver that you like late or like to outperform where they're currently going. Um, (laughs) You're going to hate this, and I'm I'm sorry. Um, Tariq Cohen is going at the end of round 13. And um, I had notes on him. Let me pull him up real quick. He um, he was running back 13 in 2018. Um, he had 71 catches in 2018 and 79 catches in 2019. Um, last year, he get, was hurt. He's still on the pup list. Um, he is a dart throw for sure. But I do think he has upside um, because he's a receiving back. Um, so. That's that's a random one. I, I know you hate that. No, I don't. I, really? I don't hate it. And here's why. So last season, I basically said Tariq Cohen is like the biggest bust. You did. Of, of all year. 
And it was in a video, I think that's still on our YouTube from the 2020 playlist. Yeah. Uh, that you can go find and watch if you feel so inclined. Um, however, it's all about perspective and value, right? So sure. last year, he was going, I think, in like the late single digit rounds. Yeah, I think it was maybe late round nine, early round 10. He was, but right now, he's free. Yeah. So you're talking about a $0 cost end of the bench ad. See what he does week one and then drop him if he doesn't do anything. Right. I personally don't think he'll do much, but he has a lot of the capital investment from that team. He has a hell of a salary. Dude's getting paid. He's going to see the field and he was a playmaker. He did catch a ton of balls. I just thought that David Montgomery would see more action. He did Tyreek or Ter- Tariq, not Tyreek, Tariq got hurt last season. Wasn't his year. Now he's free. I don't hate him as an absolute end of the bench stash dart throw. Could do yeah, worse. Yeah, there, there's a couple other running backs that are going late that are slash free too. So Kenneth Gainwell, who's Philly's, uh, I believe he's a rookie running back. Uh, he's somebody you could add. Um, Chubba Hubbard is the backup to Christian McCaffrey. Um, Should be drafted in every league. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going in, in round at the end of round 14. He should um, be drafted in every league. Yeah, so he, especially with COVID, I do think you need to have more, your eyes on more backup running backs. Um than than maybe you you would normally think about doing, but the, those are two guys as well. That, well, just with what just Mike mentioned. Davis did in that role last season, he needs yeah. to be owned everywhere. Um, yep. If you haven't listened to our sleepers podcast, I would go listen to it. We expand on a lot more guys. Uh, two of the people that I think will vastly uh, outperform where they're currently being drafted are Trey Sermon and Corey Davis. Uh, and while we talk about late round dart throws, uh, well, Corey Davis is going middle end around 10. Marquez Callaway is currently not drafted. And I think Marquez Callaway is going to be a guy, especially for the first half of the season. Yeah. Other, uh, other guys that are also not being drafted. Giovanni Bernard for Tampa Bay, um, might have some value just for the pass catching out of the backfield with Tom Brady, who loves checking down to James White. Um, Brian Edwards for uh, the Vegas Raiders. He's, Could be he's a thing. Not, yeah, he's not being drafted either. Um, Alan Lazard is not being drafted. Um, and he has, I mean, he seems like he's pretty clearly the wide receiver too there. Uh, yeah. Him and Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, in, a, in a pretty, you know, fired up offense. Uh, but neither one is being drafted. Valdez-Scantling is going wide receiver 84. Um, and Alan Lazard, uh, I just had it here, lost him, is not being drafted. He's wide receiver 79 um, on for, for a team that had, what, 47 touchdown passes last year. And dude um, was like a low-end wide receiver too, high-end flex play when he was healthy last season. But he, then he had core muscle surgery and never came back from it. Yeah. So there, there, there's a ton of guys. Um, that are either not being drafted or are available late um, that are uh, that that could hit Derrin Evans is the backup to uh, to Derrick Henry. Um, he 
showed flashes in his brief uh, brief time on the field last year as well. Yeah. Um, my fourth tip is for anybody that misses on quarterback early and you don't set yourself apart there, I would recommend throwing a late round quarterback dart throw. Double up, see what happens first couple of weeks. Um, nobody knows if Deshaun Watson is playing. Deshaun Watson is basically going in the last round of every draft. Trey Lance looks the part in San Francisco. So much so that Shanahan said he doesn't know if Garoppolo will be starting week one. And then Justin Fields. I mean, anybody that's watched Justin Fields perform this offseason has got to be excited, especially myself as a Bears fan. Um, he looks like he provides a dimension that this offense hasn't had maybe ever. Um, so I think it's just a matter of time before Lance and Fields see the field. Uh, if I am drafting either one of them, I'm drafting Trey Lance over Justin Fields because I know Lance is going to start a lot sooner than Justin Fields. Um, re- real quick, I'm going to, I, I kind of did this a little bit last pod and I'm, I'm not going to start super high again with quarterback names, but I'm going to start at like Justin Herbert at eight for our rankings. And I want you to say stop when you are not comfortable with starting somebody at quarterback. Like what I, I want to know kind of what your line is. Well, it'd be matchup uh, based at this point, right? So I'd be absolutely. shuffling based on matchup. No doubt. So, so you, let's say I'm going to say a name and you're, I'm going to say that they're going to be facing a bottom 10 passing defense. And that's the cutoff of where I would not feel comfortable with streaming a quarterback on a weekly basis which I know you're very comfortable with doing and you, you know, you do it in a lot of, a lot of years that I, I play with you. So say stop bottom 10 defense, a streamable quarterback, Justin Herbert, Tannehill, Jalen hurts, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Kirk cousins, Wentz to stop. The line is immediately before Wentz. Okay. So there you're, was not, a, you're, you're not digging Wentz? There was a precipitous fall there. That I think there was a cliff. The, the, okay. cliff, the, the cliff started at Jalen Hurts. It started going down. It got steeper at Trevor Lawrence. And then the bottom fell out when you got to Wentz. Yeah, uh, there's also Roth- Roethlisberger, Derek Carr. I would take um, Roethlisberger over Wentz. Somebody, um, Jared Goff, probably, probably not. Probably um, not. So somebody that we haven't really talked a lot about is is Sam Darnold. Um, do you have any concerns at all about him hurting McCaffrey's value? Like. Do we do we think he's good? Like, I I don't understand why they're just totally fine with getting rid of Bridgewater and and bringing in Sam Darnold. I I guess I just don't I don't really get it. You know, I don't know that that offense has really had much in the way of a quarterback in a long time. I mean, Cam, even Cam. When he started sliding, 
didn't hurt CMC's value. Teddy B didn't hurt CMC's value. Hell, even CMC being hurt didn't hurt Mike Davis's value. Like Mike Davis slid in as like 80 to 90% of what CMC was doing. He was a week in, week out RB1. Um, yeah, I guess I guess all Darnold has to do is check down, right? I mean, yeah. you, you you look at CMC's first three years, 80 catches, 107 catches, 116 catches. Last year he was hurt, uh, but had 17 catches in three games. Um, so, <laughs> but now, do, do, we, do we think he can do that? <laughs> I just, if I could, if I worry about anything with Philip Walker, Will Greer and Sam Darnold throwing the football. It's just that maybe those games aren't the most high scoring. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who knows? They were terrible without a quarterback for years and CMC still found a way. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I just have, I, that's you, my only, that's my only concern. Is so would you Sam, take anybody else over CMC? I don't think you can, but I just wouldn't be surprised. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a top five running back if their quarterback just sucks that bad. Sam Darnold against the Ravens on Saturday went one for two for 16 yards. Yeah, like, one. Th- I mean, I, I'm definitely not putting much, if any, stock into DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson this year. You know, I like. Is, is there anybody else that you're excited to own on the on the Carolina Panthers besides CMC? I don't think the answer is yes. The answer is absolutely not. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I think their rookie wide receiver Terrace Marshall could be something eventually, but in his rookie year, I'm not sure. Yeah, DJ just, Moore. DJ Moore is currently going at the end of round eight. Uh, wow. And Rob, or sorry, did I say eight? I think I meant fourth. Hold on. Okay. Uh, you said eighth. So, yeah, I did say eighth. Uh, sorry, he's going pick four eight. So end of the fourth round, uh, wide receiver twenty uh, is where DJ Moore is going, um, and uh, Robbie Anderson's going uh, in the middle of round seven, wide receiver thirty five. Prop. Probably won't be having uh, much stock in either. Yeah, I mean, Darnold played the first series, completed one of two passes for 16 yards, got zero p- points out of the drive in which the Panthers ran four plays at or inside the Baltimore six. Two of those plays came at the Baltimore one yard line. Uh oh. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just I'm not super excited about it. That's, no, that's I mean, all how I'm could saying. you be? Yeesh. Uh, all right, sorry. Be, big, big seg seg you away from uh, from what we're talking about. Is my turn? Yes. Um, have just have so much fun during the draft. It's the best. I, I this isn't. I mean, this is just like a per, on a personal level sort of thing. Like a lot of people haven't seen people that they have draft with. Uh, more than once a year, you know, and it's one of those things where you get together and you say hello and you talk shit and you just have the best time. And it's the best part about fantasy football. It's supposed to be fun. 
you make fun of the same guy in your league every year for being bad. And he's usually bad because like you just, it's like last year when you're like, all right, who's going to take Le'Veon Bell? Well, the guy, the bad guy is going to take Le'Veon Bell because that's what he does. Like just have so much fun making fun of each person. Have a great time. Loosen up. Don't get too loose. Um, but like make fun of each other that like be humans. Don't take anything personally when you get made fun of, like just fire back with a joke. Just have fun. And if you drafted Le'Veon Bell last season, then honestly, welcome. That's why we're the Sackos. You know, we've all been there. I've done it. I drafted a player one time that what broke his ankle. What was it? I don't know. It was a Green Bay running back like 10 years ago. I never lived it down. Yeah, I drafted Ryan Terrain in like round eight one year and he was hurt. Um, and then uh, kept him on my roster until he showed up for Thursday Night Football and had like 14 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown and then got hurt again and was out for the rest of the season. I love Ryan Terrain, man. He was my guy. Uh, <laughs> I've told the story about my cousin drafting Plaxico Burris before where he was going through a magazine and was like, Nobody drafted this guy. I think this this is the pick of the draft. I'm taking Plaxico Burris. And dude literally had a bolt in his leg. I think he was in jail. Like, <laughs> like they're like just make fun of it. It's the that's the stuff that you talk about for years that you have a great time with and make fun of each other. Yes, absolutely. Uh now, my last tip, Alex says enjoy and do all this and do all that. My last tip is have a little bit of tunnel vision. Don't let your surroundings affect your draft too much. Uh, make sure that you're marking off players as they're being drafted. Have your rankings in front of you. Or I'll do you one better. Have our rankings in front of you. They're available on our website, thefantasyfootballsackers.com. Listen to our podcast. Do what you got to do. Be prepared. You do not want to be the dominate. guy that says, I'll take Cortland Sutton when he was drafted three rounds ago. That too. So much that too. Oh shit. He was? And then you have to like, oh, I'll take uh uh Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. That's that's it for my tips, Alex. What do you got? And is anything else? Yeah, last thing I have, uh just have a thought on every single player. I know that's a little more pertinent when you're doing an auction league, but even when you're you're doing a snake draft, you know, there are players that you don't want to have. Don't root for players you don't like. Like have a thought on every single player, target the people you like that basically if you take the last nine things we said, if you do those nine things, you will probably have a thought on every player. Like you'll, you'll know who to target. You'll know who not to target. You'll know who you want. You'll know who you don't want. Um, so just just have a thought on every player. And yeah, you might not need a thought on every player like past round 10 or something like that. But those first 10 rounds, like know everybody have a thought on them, know who to target. And, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's my shtick. I like your shtick. Um, before we get out of here, um, I just wanted to talk real quick about our league personally and kind of invite people in, uh, as far as we're, we're having a rules meeting next week. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on where you stand. Um, we, we tried to adjust our league last year to be as COVID friendly as possible by 
adding IR slots, uh, our league runs on, on ESPN's platform. And what we found was that ESPN was not marking people out with COVID when they got COVID until like the Sunday before the game when they were like officially announced out, or at least that's how I remember it. And so we, we adjusted by adding four IR slots so that, oh, hey, somebody gets COVID or they have to quarantine, we'll just put them on the IR slot. Well, you can't do that until they're announced as out. So it just created like hell. It was terrible. We were having people drop players so that they could automatically add them back. Nobody else could add them sort of thing. So I, I think I, maybe you're wrong, but I, I think we're going to get rid of the IR slots in our league and just add five bench spots that you just tell people you can't use them. You, you cannot use these five extra bench spots. It's only for if somebody is quarantining or has COVID, then instead of dropping somebody or moving them to IR, you can just keep them on your active lot roster and um, just add another player. And I, I think that's the easiest way to do it. Do you have thoughts? I agree. Um... I would advocate for moving back towards um, a single IR slot. Yeah. Uh, the, IR, the IR slots basically proved worthless uh, because of yeah, ESPN and how they classified them because you didn't get a, a designation in time. Uh, they just kept hoping that the game would be postponed long enough and may or may not get in at all. Meanwhile, you have to field a team. And so you're just stuck designating alternates on your bench that you have were forced to drop other players to get on your bench. It was terrible. And ESPN was probably one of the least accommodating platforms uh, to, to do to deal with COVID on last season. So not to give throw too much shade at them i would just i was just really expecting more out of the the market leader in terms of a uh, flexibility or just like updating it throughout the season or just doing simple Something. like simple things to try yeah, and help so i think that's the solution so we're just going to add bench spots now if somebody in your league wants to take advantage of those bench spots um just lock their roster for a week as a punishment. Like if they're, if they're, if they're adding people cause they don't know who to drop and having like 17, 18 people on their roster while deciding who to drop, just, just lock their roster, send them a text message, be like, tell me who you want to drop. And you're, you can't add or drop anybody for a week. Like, Oh, 1000%. Like, like, yes. What are you doing? Absolutely. Like, yes. So I, I think that's like the way that you, you monitor it and, if somebody's like, hey, this person has too many people, well, they better be like, they better be posting on the message board and say, hey, this person has to quarantine for 10 days or whatever. Right. Um, just as a friendly reminder, COVID rules. So vaccinated players or staff, staff who test positive and are asymptomatic can return to duty after two negative tests 24 hours apart. For non-vaccinated players who test positive, 2020 protocols remain in place and it requires a 10 day isolation. So, I mean, I, I don't know if this is known or not, but like, I guess you want to target people that have vaccinated quarterbacks. I, I actually do think that it hurts Justin Jefferson at least a tid bit, knowing that Kirk Cousins is not vaccinated. 
and their entire quarterback room was out for 10 days. Um, like they could be forced into the Broncos situation from last year where all of a sudden all their, their entire quarterback room was together and they all had to, to isolate for 10 days and like Pinson or whatever this dude's name is, was quarterback. Like that could theoretically happen in, in Minnesota and you're not going to want to start Justin Jefferson that week. So just, just a friendly reminder, those are, those are what the COVID rules are. Yeah. Just interesting to even know who is or isn't, you know? Yeah. Like Lamar, we know isn't after now getting COVID for like the second or third time. Yeah. Um, Although it, it might actually help the wide receiver value if he's not playing. Like who, who, whose value does that hurt when Lamar goes out? Oh, the Lamar Jackson memes. Oh man. Does it, it, it kind of helps Dobbins and Gus bus and it might even help their wide receivers. I'm just saying it might help everybody else. That's not Lamar. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting to think about that. That would affect other players values. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, or at least could hard, hard to plan or, or, or do anything around that. All right. Also last year we did daily waivers instead of just being able to pick up whoever you want and clicking add. So they would process. We, we, uh, updated the fab budget from 100 to 200 bucks said, Hey, you have $200 to spend. So, um, so I spent $75 on Naheem Hines in week one and it didn't matter. That's, that's true. Um, the, do did you like having daily waivers or, or did you? Yes. I, I personally prefer just to have the one waiver and then you can just add and drop whoever you want at nauseum after that and not have to wait a day. I but, did and didn't like them. I liked them because I think I'm better at bidding than most people in our league. I didn't like them because I didn't want to spend all the damn fab doing it. So there yeah, are pluses and zero. minuses. Sure, you can, but then you might not get that person. Right. And so that's why I like the aspect of, hey, you bid every week and then everybody goes into the free eight. Like then you can just add whoever you want because then it's kind of first come first serve. Yeah. What you know, what, what we did, like even last year, I think we had the waiver set to like process at 10, 10 or 11 a.m. every day. Um, and it was annoying because I had to change it to then be 7 p.m. on Thursday night. For, so it would process again before the night game and then, you know, move it to 11 on Sunday and then move it back to 7 p.m. after the Sunday night game starts for the Monday games. Um, so it, it was a colossal pain. I will also say that depending on when you process it on a daily basis, because we process at 11 o'clock, like Joe Mixon got hurt in practice or something like that at like 1045 and somebody put in a claim for zero dollars on Giovanni Bernard and got him. So how is that any different than just than just having it process like automatically with an ad or drop um, administratively? It's just way easier as well. Just saying. Yeah, I'd be fine going back to once a week. I don't really have a strong opinion there. Yeah. Um, the big one for us was uh, to accommodate roster flexibility in case somebody's out. 
was we went from one quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex to one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and three flex spots. So you could start four wide receivers or four running backs. Yeah. Um, thoughts on continuing that? So long. Farewell. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, that was a, in my mind, that was a one year deal because nobody knew what they were getting there themselves into yeah and i think it makes it i think it makes it easier it does it also i think really i don't know i think it blows a hole in fantasy and drafting and everything and no matter what you can get a gold star and which is kind of almost what we were going for in a way when we did that just to be ultra super flexible and yeah. make sure making sure anybody keep, could field keep, a keep, roster. Keep everybody competitive. Yeah. Keep everybody absolutely competitive. Um I don't know. I I would advocate to get rid of it. I I understand the COVID concerns are there. They're not gonna go away. I mean, just today it was announced that because of COVID, uh blowing up on their team that the Cowboys are now going fully remote. So oh, really? Yeah. The Cowboys are going fully remote to try and stave off the, the vid. So it's not, it's not great. Uh, it's not really getting a whole lot better. And you got to figure what, I don't know, 25 to 45% of NFL players haven't been vaxxed. If they're just like the normal U.S. population. Yep. So. I don't know. It's. I, we're I, still I, think, have... I, I think it I think it takes more skill, the more positions that you force people to have, because if you're. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's easier to just load up on running backs or try to take the best available person. When when bye weeks happen, I think it made it too easy to feel rosters. And and people didn't feel the, the oh, of crap. The yeah. Oh crap. Who am I going to start this week? Because you had enough people to replace them. Uh, I'll throw one back at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we talked about in the off season last season was if COVID gets bad enough, should you give all the money back? Should you have a playoff game if Patrick Mahomes has COVID? And I just kind of want to revisit that. If you, Alex, are in the championship game and you lose, I don't know, say two guys. Say you have a stack. Say you have Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers don't play in week 17 because of COVID. I think you figure it out as you go. Um, I I think everybody needs to be reasonable in that situation. Um, Me personally, um being the commissioner <laughs> if i was in the championship game and i had if i had my top stack go out um i i think you would have to say hey we're just going to split the money between the top two people yeah. given the circum given the circumstances i think everybody has to be understanding that that that's the most quote unquote fair thing to do um so that's that's my approach unless you know, unless you're doing a two week title type thing, which I, I think I'm going to advocate for where, you know, you have 
Week 14 is the first week of the playoffs. Week 15 is the second week of the playoffs. Week 16 and 17 is the championship round. Um, trying to make sure that the best team wins in that two weeks. And if uh, you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams go out and you're up 75 points after the first week, I think you would say, hey, you guys can split it. And then it's up to them. I, I think it's up to them to make the call with you being the tiebreaker. If, if one person says, let's split it, and one person says, no, let's play on, then I think the commissioner has to step in and be the tiebreaker. I agree. Um, there was one other thing I was going to bring up, and now I, I lost it. Oh, son of a bee sting. Oh, well, it'll come back to me at some point. Come back to me. Oh, um, I, I was just on profootballtalk.com. Um, there's some minor breaking news. It's, it's posted at 12.27 Eastern Time. Uh, Travis Etienne has a mid-foot sprain. Um, he was he left in a walking boot. Um, Adam Schefter said that he's out indefinitely for the Jaguars and expected to go under further testing upon his return to Jacksonville. Um, so does that get you a little spiced up for James Robinson or Carlos Hyde? <laughs> James Robinson, yes. Carlos Hyde, no. Carlos Hyde won't see the field. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, injury means opportunity, right? ETN was going to be the third down back. He's like the third down back cheat code. Uh, if he's hurt, he's got a bum wheel. What's up, James James Robinson? Wish I was drafting tomorrow with that news. Yeah. So important to note uh, note that injury. Um, again, I, I think James Robinson is probably the guy you want to own there because he's going to get the rushing yards um, and, and be used more at the goal line is, is my guess. But we'll find out. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good night. We are the Fantasy Football Sackios. Please like, subscribe, follow us on all the social media platforms. We are on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. We just crossed the 200 subscriber threshold on our way to that legendary 1000. Don't worry. We'll get there eventually. Um, <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Thanks. Uh, other news just to note uh, on our way out here, uh, Adam Troutman was carted off the field, the Saints tight end against the Jaguars. He's scheduled to undergo an MRI on his foot Tuesday. Uh, x-rays were negative. So just another thing to keep your eye on. Again, um, you know, download the Sleeper app, be monitoring Pro Football Talk, <laughs> look at freaking Adam Schefter's Twitter feed, have it up during the draft. Um, just to be monitoring injuries. Hopefully you're drafting late enough where they don't matter. But uh, yeah, good luck to everybody if you're drafting this weekend. Um, you know, shoot us uh, messages on Twitter um, or comment on our YouTube page, your, your favorite picks or whatever. Um, we're rooting for you and hope we can help you guys win a title. So good luck this weekend if you're drafting. And uh, if not, we'll be back next week for with some more stuff. So Jameis Winston is now a top 12 quarterback and they're going to relegate a, uh, an, another top 12 quarterback to the tight end position this year. It sounds like in Taysom Hill. Can't wait for the week where Taysom Hill still has tight end eligibility and gets to play starting quarterback again. Can't wait. Drafting him at the 101. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the fantasy football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.